welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, uh, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel. And if I sound a little sick, it's because I'm coming off of um, a cold that was not COVID, but still lots of congestion and um, cough. So I'm on like day eight, so I feel a lot better, but I still sound like crap. Um, But I didn't want to put off uh, recording another episode again because I've missed a few weeks due to blizzard when I had no power and then uh, flooding at the office so then I had to find another space and then um, illness last weekend I was pretty sick there was no way I could have talked without coughing um, so here we are um, I hate that I've uh, missed so many weeks but anyway I'm back hopefully now more regularly um, this episode, I want to talk about sciatica. Um, I have a previous episode. If you haven't seen it, uh, there is a previous episode about deep gluteal syndrome, which is a uh, non-discogenic uh, sciatica where the uh, sciatic nerve is entrapped by the piriformis and the uh, lower deep rotators, the gemellus muscles and the obturator internus. Um, but today I want to talk about treating sciatica successfully um, because I think I've really nailed down a very good strategy that gets people out of sciatica within most of the time within the after the second visit. Uh, first visit, they usually have uh, several days of pain relief. And then after the second it starts to hold better. So what I, I want to talk about what I do. Um, and my feeling is that regardless of it, if it, if it is discogenic, if they don't need surgery, we should be able to get them out of sciatica. Um, my, my feeling is um, I'll treat the L5S1 um, and the deep rotators and the, you know, the piriformis, the gluteus medius I'll treat, the the piriformis, and then I'll use the motor point that gets all three of the lower rotators, the obturator internus and the gemellus superior and inferior. Um, you can find that motor point in Perotto's book. It pretty much you find greater trochan lower at lower border of the greater trochanter, the um, ischial tuberosity where the hamstrings and adductor magnus attach and then you go midway but you still have to palpate so that, that gets you in the neighborhood but you still have to palpate for the tight band that is those three muscles where they com- come together and share a tendon that will attach there at the back of the greater trochanter 
So, um, so you find that. Then you have to treat the biceps femoris, which is also a midway point between the ischial tuberosity and the tendon where it goes between, behind the, the knee. You go midway. Um, and then peroneus longus. That's the sciatic pathway that gets activated. And I treat those because the electric stim can neuromodulate the sciatic pain. Um, so I always will treat those points. The peroneus longus, biceps femoris, deep rotators, gluteus medius, and the L5, L5 L5S1 area. And you can do four five as well, because it's, you know, most of us have some compression there. Um, and I'll stim for up to 10 minutes. And if it's a senior, I might do five minutes or seven minutes. It all depends on their, their comfort level. And if I think that they can handle um, more than, you know, five minutes, maybe seven, sometimes 10 minutes. Depends on their health. It depends on their activity level. Um, you have to make an assessment based on the patient. But um, but that's the that's the approach that I use for the first visit, only electric stim. And then you could retain if you want. You could you could retain for another five or ten minutes if you want. If somebody can't have electric stim, I retain for twenty minutes. And um, and so that's first treatment. Sometimes if I feel like the deep rotators are also tight because of some internal rotation from the hip, then I will then put them on the side and treat the TFL and the gluteus minimus. Um, and that is an assessment I make based on the person that I'm treating. Um, but that's the gist of what I will do for sciatica for the first visit. Second visit, once they come back, I get the feedback. How long did it hold? Did it hold for three days or four days and then come back? Did it stay away? Um, most of the time it, it feels better for three or four days and then it comes back and it comes back because of trigger points in the deep rotators. So that's where we have to, that's where the work has to be done on the second visit. So I do the same thing the second visit with the electric stim up to 10 minutes. Um, depending on the patient. And then you have to find the trigger points. So you take all your needles out and you have to find trigger points in the deep rotators. And sometimes they'll even have trigger points in the leg muscles, either the biceps femoris or the peroneus longus. Peroneus longus, if the person um, after the first treatment gets off the table and they still feel it in their low leg, start to suspect that there is a trigger point there. And it's not just the sciatica. Um, that's just, that's just something I've noticed from, from experience, but um, you may have to do some trigger point release in their peroneus longus, but you, you can find that out by just basically palpating, find the the activated uh, trigger point in the peroneus longus and then, you know, get some twitches and release it. But the deep rotators, I wanted to talk about where the most common trigger points are that you need to get because everybody hears about piriformis, piriformis, piriformis. There's more to it. 
And if you're not getting if you're not getting the other stuff, then you're probably not getting a result that holds. Um, they're going to go back to sitting and having numbness in their leg or sciatica in their leg when they sit, or if they stand a long time, they're going to have uh, the sciatica come back. So for the piriformis, the trigger points that you're most likely going to find are right off of the sacrum. You have to palpate close to the sacrum and find the tight ropey bands and then make them twitch. And of course, you're needling in a direction through the piriformis, not down toward the sciatic nerve. Um, and then once you get some twitches in that area, you need to push again because there's going to be something even deeper. There's going to be some trigger points even deeper um, that you're going to find once you clear the surface level. So you need to get into those. And then usually the middle is fine. Sometimes you'll find trigger points closer to the greater trochanter. Um, so you need to press there and find what's going on in there. Um, then you can move down. And this I think a lot of people are missing is the superior gemellus muscle is below. You'll palpate along the border of the sacrum, go below the piriformis, and find the hard knot that is the superior gemellus trigger point. And my opinion is that regardless of whether it's discogenic or not, these muscles will be the main cause of the sciatica. Um, they, the superior gemellus being under or deep to the sciatic nerve will form trigger points that cause it to be inflexible. And this is why you get a, a pinched nerve um, by the piriformis that's inflexible and the superior gemellus that's inflexible. And someone's standing, they get even tighter and they hit the nerve. Or when they're sitting, they're basically sandwiching the sciatic nerve. So you go to, you follow along the border of the sacrum below the, the piriformis and you get to the superior gemellus. And so you find that hard knot and you're going to needle in a perpendicular direction, straight down, almost like if you were trying to get into those uh, sacral foramina, but you're just off the edge of the sacrum. And you're going to needle into that superior gemellus and get some good twitches. And that one usually twitches pretty easy for you couple couple movements of the needle you may be able to deactivate that trigger point then you need to go from the low border of the um, greater trochanter where that common tendon is of the two gemellus muscles and the obturator internus and you need to find and walk your finger toward the sacrum and find if there are active trigger points there. And of course, this is one where you really need to be thinking about where the sciatic nerve is and not needle into the sciatic nerve. Um, as long as you're being very cautious about that and you're palpating and you're trying to keep your needle in the muscle that you are treating, you should be fine. Um, but this often has to be done as well. This like outer trigger point near the greater trochanter 
because you got to restore the flexibility, the elasticity of these muscles so that a person can stand and sit without sciatica. And when you find these people who have these tight rotators that are causing sciatica, very often they can't even walk up steps. They can't flex the hip because they're fighting against these deep rotators. They'll tell you, if you, if you ask them, they'll say, oh, how did you know? I have to go up steps one, like one leg at a time, like left, 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 and not even, not even, can't even lift their right knee um, if that's the side that they have the sciatica on. So once you release those rotators, they notice a big improvement in their mobility, their ability to lift their knee, their ability to bend forward, their ability to sit. It makes a huge shift for them. Very often after that second visit, their sciatica is gone. Now, when it's not, it's usually just like one or two places that you didn't find the second visit that you need to release. And once you get that, they're good. And that's very consistent across the board. It's really rare that I find a sciatica patient where I can't resolve their sciatica in the first two and sometimes three visits. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I can only remember one patient in the past two years where this didn't hold. Um, and it turned out actually that once she changed chairs uh, in her in her work environment, she was able to um, stop having it come back. But um, very consistently, you should be able to get people out of sciatica in two or three visits as long as you are taking this approach. Neuromodulate on the first visit. And the second visit, neuromodulate again, and every time, but then go for the trigger points. And you have to be willing to push and find those tight, ropey, uh, they feel like guitar strings in the piriformis really close to the sacrum, and then get the ones in the superior gemellus below that, near the sacrum, and then find uh, anything near the greater trochanter in the piriformis or the deep rotators. Most people don't have those. It's most usually it's really close to the sacrum that they have trigger points that are causing the impingement uh, of the sciatic nerve. So um, that's uh, that's all I really wanted to talk about today because I've just uh, this past week I've treated so many so many hip pain problems that were related to these trigger points. Um, not always sciatica, but um, when it's not sciatica, it's still hip pain that people have uh, from these rotator uh, trigger points. And it's really important to be able to do this for people. I don't, I can't imagine what these people end up doing when somebody hasn't um, corrected these trigger points in their deep rotators. My guess is they go back and start reconsidering the surgeries that have been suggested to them because they're just miserable with this pain and nothing else is going to really um, fix it. Um, everything else is just palliative. So 
anyway, okay, so that's the that's the topic for this week. Um, uh, hope you had a great week, and I will talk to you very soon. Take care.